Coming up on this week's show, it's our podcast anniversary, and we've got our GRL recap, including an interview with the event organizers. Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knauss. Welcome to episode 56 of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff from jeffadamswrites.com. And I'm Will from willkanass.com. I'm on drugs right now. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody! <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Happy Halloween, sir. Happy Halloween to you. Happy Halloween to all of our listeners out there. This particular episode just happens to drop on October 31st, 2016. Yes. So, uh, I hope everyone has a safe and sane holiday. Indeed. <laughs> and we should explain why you're on drugs. <laughs> Over the last couple of days, Will's either gotten con crud uh, from going to GRL or the Humboldt crud because it's been a rainy, drippy, wintry week here uh, on the North Coast. So one of the two things has you not feeling perfect. Yes. So, you know, as a special as a special um, addition to the podcast for our anniversary, I'm sick. Yeah. For the very first time, neither one of us has recorded sick in an entire year. Yeah, I think that's true. Which is kind of... We've recorded you know. tired and loopy and a bunch of other <laughs> stuff, but we haven't recorded sick. A whole lot of other stuff. So. Um, so we'll do our best to keep the coughing out of the podcast, but <laughs> just know that he's doing the best he can. I'm a trying. So also this week, it is your birthday week. Happy birthday coming up on November 4th. Thank you. Hopefully you will be well by then. Uh, I'm sure I will Hopefully. Be. Yeah, or just you have the, the crud quashed. Yeah. And, and shoved in a corner somewhere. So, of course, with Halloween being today, Monday, that means NaNoWriMo starts tomorrow, November 1st. That month where everyone puts pen to paper or hands on keyboard or whatever your preferred writing method to get 50,000 words down or more uh, over the course of November. So, for those of you participating in NaNo, we wish you the very best of luck in making your 1667 words per day or more, if you choose, or... You know, if less is your thing, keep plugging away at it, because whether you do a 1667 or even 10 words a day, you're getting closer to the goal. And I have nothing else to add to that. You have nothing to add to that. That was very well said, sir. Thank you. So we did our nano prep uh, over this past weekend. Uh, we had our big whiteboard out, plotting out uh, the first book in what will be a trilogy for us to co-write, the first, our very first co-write. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to that, and we'll provide uh, even more updates on that. Uh, as the four nano weeks roll out. Yes. Um, of course, uh, we should mention that we love reviews for the podcast. Uh, if you'd like to, that'd be the best podcast anniversary present ever, <laughs> would be to have some uh, new reviews on iTunes or Google Play Music or whatever podcast outlet you happen to listen to us on. Or, you know, leave us a review or a comment over on the YouTube channel, because that'd be pretty groovy also. Uh, I don't know why I keep looking over at you, because we're going to try and minimize your voice this week, um, <laughs> just for the sake of hoping that you don't cough too much. I'm, I'm trying. You're doing good. I'm hanging in. I know. <laughs> but I keep looking at you to get you to say something, and I'm like, I don't, you don't necessarily need to say something. Uh, yeah. So, uh, as we mentioned, it is our podcast anniversary. Uh, it was this week, 52, well, yeah, this week, 52 weeks ago, that we dropped the very first episode of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. We actually dropped four that first week, which is why our anniversary episode falls on 56, uh, because we wanted to give people multiple things to listen to if they went, hey, I like that, I want more. Um, so to those of you who've been here from the very beginning, we say thank you. To those of you who come along the way, thank you. If this is your first, welcome. Do you want to um, speak to the success of last week's episode? Yes. Um, we, yeah, we should... Um, we should mention, uh, uh, well, I'll, I'll let you do it. I'll shut up. You, <laughs> you could chime in on it. I'll, I'll chime um, in for the peanut gallery. Episode 55 uh, featured T.J. Klune talking about uh, his uh, new novel, Murmuration, which came out October 28th, so it's been out just a few days. Uh, we had some inkling uh, that this episode was going to be uh, pretty well received uh, overall because T.J. teased the fact that he'd done the show and that it was recorded also to video. 
Uh, and that post on uh, Facebook for him, I'm, just the likes on it went through the roof uh, fairly quickly because TJ used to do uh, fairly routine uh, videos on YouTube uh, to his fans. And this was the first time he appeared on YouTube in a year, maybe more. Um, the episode has become the top episode uh, for the first week out. We always, we track, because we're, we're, I'm a stats geek personally. <laughs> I track each week's episode and how we do, uh, and I'd say by Tuesday, probably, we'd exceeded uh, any record that we had for a first episode, first week of an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you, TJ, for coming on. Uh, to those of you who found us for the first time because you watched TJ's episode or listened to it, uh, we welcome you and hope you uh, hang out with us uh, for the coming episodes as we talk talk about all things gay fiction and, and some pop culture on the side. Uh, so that was an interesting stat coming into our, our podcast anniversary uh, to, to hit that kind of milestone we did with TJ. Now, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm very into the stats, uh, and I put some together for this uh podcast anniversary episode. We've done 55 episodes across the year, and with that has been five bonus episodes because some things ran long. We've had 87 guests, which I think is more than either of us planned on having. That's crazy It, it is crazy, <laughs> especially when you consider 87 guests across 55 episodes. Yeah, that's a lot. And some of those have been repeat guests, like Wade Kelly, Brandon Witt, uh, Adam Yang, and some others. Uh, and we've had multiple appearances uh, from our contributors, and I definitely want to thank Jay Brandlin, Danny Lisa, and the guys from the Bureau of General Services Queer Division uh, for bringing some additional insight uh, into the podcast and offering book recommendations for us. We've had listeners uh, on the podcast channel from every state in the U.S., with the exception of Montana, Wyoming, and South Dakota. Now, what's wrong with you people in those states? Why aren't you listening? If you've got friends there... Tell them to go download the, the the podcast so we'll have listeners in all 50 states, won't you please? Uh, over on the YouTube channel, though, we've had representation in all 50 states. Uh, going across the world, uh, U.S., of course, is our top market, but our top five outside the U.S. Uh, for the podcast audio are the U.K., Canada, Australia, Germany, and Japan. And... Uh, for the YouTube channel, it changes up just a little bit uh, in the ordering, as well as uh, one of the countries, UK, Australia, Canada, Germany, and Italy. Hmm. And interestingly, Italy had a particular affinity for TJ's episode last week. That's amore. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I don't know what else to say to that. That was good. <laughs> I had no explanation. That's so, awesome, though. I'm yeah. really happy with that. Yeah. Uh, so, at a world across the world. Hello. And it's, it's awesome we're there, especially just off this list, too, where places like China and Vietnam and some other countries. So whether you're podcasting, getting us on podcast channel or YouTube, uh, it's very awesome you're listening to us uh, outside the U.S. and even in uh, countries that are predominantly non-English speaking. Yes. Thank so, you. Thank you for listening. Very cool. So favorite moments. Of the show. We asked our listeners, and we've got some listener feedback on this that we'll get to in a second. I've been talking a lot. What are your favorite, a couple of your favorite moments from this year of podcasting and, and general thoughts? Well, uh, I don't have specific moments, like a top five or anything, which I think is probably what you were like shooting for. I don't have a top five either, so okay. you're, you're okay. fine on that side. Okay, so I don't have a top five. <laughs> I'm really, I'm very pleased with uh, how well the show has gone in the last year. Um, It's certainly grown and evolved uh, far beyond anything that I think either of us originally envisioned. Mm -hmm. Um, Having uh, so many uh, loyal and enthusiastic listeners uh, is a a joy. It's wonderful. Um, I'm glad that this show is actually a part of our weekly routine uh I, I, was, I was thinking i was thinking back in the old days where we used to like not do anything on sunday afternoons <laughs> we'd like lay on the couch and watch love boat reruns do you remember that absolutely so yeah we don't do that anymore we're busy doing stuff putting the show together um i think uh aside from getting to talk to uh an incredible array of really amazing people, uh, those 87 guests that you mentioned earlier. Um, 
I think what has kind of surprised me the most is is how um, enthusiastically the show has been um, maybe welcomed by the gay writing community. We can get into this a little bit later when we talk about our experience at GRL. Mm -hmm. And this sort of ties into that. Mm -hmm. But um, I was really surprised, especially this last weekend, how many people uh, came up to us and mentioned how much, you know, they've heard, you know, (laughs) not not even just the fact that they enjoy the show, that they've even heard of the show. I think that's pretty kind of amazing. Uh, And from uh, a personal... uh, no, I think that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm done. I'm out. You're done. Mic drop. Okay. Uh, for me, I echo a lot of what you said, so I will not uh, go back into into that stuff. Yeah. There have been some particular things that I, I'm very glad that we did. or like I'm, I'm thrilled that we had Joanna Penn on the show. Most definitely. I mean, that was a, a fanboy moment for me because I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Joanna's. For both of us, um, yeah. That was a big deal. But I'm glad we had an avenue to help bring her information out to the author side of the audience who may not have been aware of, mm-hmm. you know, the things that she talks about and help put their, hopefully give them some food for thought for their author businesses. Um, because this is a challenging genre to be in because we're small. Yes. And so, you know, you have to, you have to fight your way to become, you know, profitable and successful depending on what you're looking for. And hopefully she helped put that into some perspective. Uh, getting to interview people like Serena Bowen, again, fanboy moment for me. Uh, but talking to all of the content creators that we've talked to in the last year, whether it's authors and finding out how they work or where they get their ideas from, or things like truth slash fiction guys, to you know hear from them on how they do what they do and why they created what they did. Uh that was a big treat and to watch them and how they've grown over the last six months or so mm-hmm. since we talked to them the first time yeah. uh, has been pretty tremendous. Uh, so I look forward to seeing kind of what the next year brings uh, in terms of who we talk to and how we evolve the show. We do have some ideas uh, that we'll be rolling out uh, in bits and pieces over probably the next three months or so mm-hmm. uh, leading into the beginning of 2017. Uh, to evolve the show further. Yeah, and I think in the last year, we've accomplished, um, truthfully, everything that we kind of set out to do. I think this show is not only an avenue for the two of us to talk about the things that we're enthusiastic about, uh, and a, a chance as well to share those things with uh, uh, an eager and appreciative audience. I think it's very important in our genre to um <clears throat> i think essentially i'm I, i'm thinking of documentation uh romance in general doesn't get a whole lot of um credit respect respect that's the <laughs> word i'm looking for it doesn't get a whole lot of respect in general and especially our sub niche of gay romance certainly doesn't get a ton of respect necessarily so i think uh, I'm very proud of the past year and all of the authors that we have talked to uh, and interviewed about their books and their process. Um, those interviews are essentially there forever. They're mm-hmm. a, they're a part of the public record now. Yeah. So hopefully people can look back at uh, some of the things that we've been talking about and um, find it useful. Uh, because I do think it's uh, important that um, not from like a scholarly, you know, highfalutin scholarly perspective, but I think people need to know uh, about these books and about the people behind them. Uh, I think uh, I'm enthusiastic about Pulp Fiction and, you know, the gay pulps from the 60s, which I've spoken to about in, in the past. Um, a lot of those authors are forgotten and lost to history. And I don't want that to happen to the people that um, we've grown to know and love. And mm-hmm. we consider a lot of them friends now. Um, we don't want that to happen. So now they uh, are preserved forever uh, 
in digital audio. <laughs> yeah, out there, out there in the internet. Exactly. You know, that's kind of beyond the record that we did. I think we have allowed people to hear from their favorite authors in a way that our genre just really isn't represented for the most part. There, exactly. There are other podcasts out there like Wrote and Romance Out Loud and mm-hmm. blanking on the other one that we found recently, and I apologize for that. But we allow readers to hear from their authors mm-hmm. because for the most part, our genre is not going to end up on NPR or you know have a national spot on the Today Show or on Oprah or something like that. This is where you can hear from them rather than just seeing the written page or a written blog post or something like that. That's right. We're as good as Oprah and NPR people. That's right. Tooting our own horns. Because <laughs> <laughs> if we aren't going to, you know, if we don't, who who will, right? I don't know. Well, us I'm and, sorry. I'm being sorry. Us and our, and our, <laughs> on our, on our podcasting brothers out there who also, you know, but I think that's one of the things that this podcast and the others who cover our genre, you know, get the voice of our authors out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from our from our listeners, uh, we heard a few things that were posted on our on our blog, and I'll go ahead and read these, and you can conserve your voice for Thank the moment. Uh, Anne says uh, she particularly likes the author interviews, especially from debut authors like Jordan Nasser and Adam Yang, and also like the Rip Bottas interview. Um, that's something else I like. I'll just throw that out there that we talked to two bookstores mm-hmm. over the last year when we're all told physical bookstores are dying. We've talked to two bookstores this year who carry gay books and find success with gay books and, you know, make sure it's out there in two of the biggest cities uh, in the country. Yeah. Um, and also says that she likes our banter. So I think that's, that's very nice because <laughs> sometimes we think well, we talk too I'm much. I'm glad someone likes it. <laughs> uh, Jess uh, is, calls herself a particularly religious listener uh, to the show uh, has a hard time picking a favorite moment, uh, but did pick things out like uh, Serena Bowen being on talking about him and us, uh, and likes that she's discovered a whole bunch of new authors, such as T.M. Smith, uh, whose All Cox series is now a firm favorite. Uh, also likes when we talk about TV and theater and can't wait to watch uh, Truth Slash Fiction. Neither can we. Can't wait till that becomes a series. Uh, Katie, uh, who we saw at GRL, uh, likes the recommendations that we've given, like the book Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, uh, TV like Real O'Neill's, uh, the Romance Out Loud podcast, and books like The Roll and Murmuration, which I know she's in the middle of reading as our, as we're recording this podcast this week. Um, and likes the interviews that we've had from across the media types. So to those of you who took a moment to, to leave us a note like that, we appreciate it. And again, thanks to everybody who was along with us for the entire year. Or a piece of it. So GRL was this past weekend. We were in Kansas City from Wednesday through Monday. And I had a great time. I thought it was one of my favorite GRLs ever. Uh, how did you feel about it? What are your What are your thoughts? My thoughts are this. I fucking loved it. <laughs> and just like that, we have our explicit tag for the week. Um, <laughs> yeah, I personally, uh, I loved it. I think it's been my favorite GRL so far. Um, the perfect group of people, the perfect location. Um, it was really an exceptional event. Um, <clears throat> I did go to the reading that I mentioned I was enthusiastic about going to. Yeah. Uh, I did go to the reading, and Devin McCormick did not disappoint. He was absolutely filthy, uh, and everyone loved it. What did he read from? <laughs> he read from two different books. He read from the... Uh, his newest release, Tight End, and he also read from one of his earlier books called Clipped. Uh, both of them had, uh, well, it's it's Devin. They were, you know, filthy and freaky and, you know, what, what <laughs> else do you expect? So that was an enjoyable experience. I also did a lot more panels, uh, went to more Q&As probably than I've ever been to before, so I really enjoyed doing that. I think overall, what, instead of like doing a top five, like we said before, uh, instead of doing something like that, I want to say, I think one of my favorite things about GRL in general, not just this event, but events uh, in the past as well, is sort of the the unexpected moments that you just can't plan for. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, um, 
we had the opportunity, the podcast did, to sit down and talk with J. Scott's Coatsworth and Angel Martinez. We did an interview with them. Uh, there's a plug for an upcoming episode. There's a plug. That'll be um, in episode 58. So <laughs> we had a chance to sit down and talk to them. And then actually later on in the weekend, uh, uh, purely by chance, we ended up going out to lunch with them mm-hmm. and hanging out with them some more. Um, and we had, uh, we've known them for a little while, but, uh, uh, going out to lunch with them, uh, sharing a meal (laughs) was uh, a a lot of fun. I love them both to pieces. Uh, they're awesome. We also met and got to talk with, uh, audio narrator, Joel Leslie. We met and talked with him and his charming husband. Mm -hmm. Also during the big author signing, uh, uh, during a, a lull in the hullabaloo, I kind of took a few minutes to talk with Morticia Knight about um, the business of publishing. Uh, and that just sort of, those sorts sorts of things just sort of happen naturally. You can't, can't really plan on them. So I think that's my favorite thing about GRL, getting to uh, see your friends in person, of course, mm-hmm. every year, but also making new friends and uh, getting to talk shop, talk business, and getting to know people better than you normally would get to know them online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, uh, that's an insane thing for me to say. I am the most introverted introvert there is, but that is what I enjoy most about GRL is uh FaceTime with mm-hmm. people. It's a really unique, wonderful uh, opportunity. Having, this was our sixth? No, this was our fifth, because it was the sixth GRL. It's the most outgoing I've seen you across any of the GRLs. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> um, and you were outgoing, this is going to sound so bad, it's going to sound like one of those married people things, <laughs> but <laughs> you were outgoing without me being there. In some cases. I tried my best. Because sometimes... That's not easy for me. No, it's not. And so I was like really like proud of you that you were just out there talking to people during the signing and going to panels and all that stuff. Because we, we, we kind of were on our own separate tracks a lot because of what I was either committed to doing... Exactly. Or I was gathering other things for the podcast or whatever. You were on the go the almost the entire weekend. It was a ridiculously busy GRL for me, which yeah. was, was good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time. By the time it was done, I was really knackered. <laughs> was exactly. Like, there was not enough sleep to be had. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was go, go, go for me, perhaps to the point of overbook. But I'm glad I did it at the same time. What were your favorite things about um, this particular event? I'll go with a lot of unexpected um, the fact that after uh, our research panel on Thursday, that Michael Jensen came up to both of us mm-hmm. and started talking to us. Um, Michael Jensen is an author that we uh, have both read and admired uh, for quite a while. For now. quite a while, and I didn't. His name didn't click with me immediately, but you asked if he was the one who wrote Firelands, which was yes. And then we moved on to Frontiers, which is one of my all-time favorite books. And it's like, oh my god, this man's standing right here talking to us. <laughs> and wants to be on our show. <laughs> yeah. Because he's re-releasing the books that are Firelands and uh, uh, Frontiers. So he'll actually be on the show in December, which is really exciting. Uh, so meeting and talking with him... On and off through the weekend, Mm because then we started, you know, we hung out with him at Bingo and some other stuff, and that was tremendous. Um, Meeting Avon Gale and chatting hockey with her and hockey books with her. Uh, We met, we internet met back with the Changing on the Fly interview. Yeah. But this was in person, hanging out, talking. I bought her books, she bought my books, we all autographed for each other. It was kind of like... I was a fan fanboy and also like, oh my God, she's buying my books at the same time. Um, so that was pretty tremendous. Talking to Reese Ford at the uh, at the farewell brunch, what started as just a random conversation about her release schedule turned yeah. into like a really, for me, inspirational conversation from someone who, you know, is really successful in this genre. Exactly. It was another unexpected moment. We mm-hmm. kind of... 
got down into uh, just, I mean, just standing there in the middle of the room while everyone is like saying their goodbyes and eating their breakfast and stuff like <laughs> that. We kind of had like a pretty, pretty deep conversation about, you know, art and motivation and yeah. uh, it was really amazing. <laughs> it was, it was, it was tremendous. Thank you, Reese. It was really, it was really wonderful to hear, especially coming into NaNoWriMo. Exactly. Exactly what we needed. Uh, and you mentioned this back with the with the podcast anniversary stuff, just hearing from several of our podcast fans mm-hmm. um, how much they enjoy the show, interacting with people who were hearing about us for the first time, uh, coloring with people at the table because we did have coloring pages with us. Yes, uh, Brandilyn and Becca both uh, colored at the table, and you could look at, you could see their art up on the gallery uh, on the website now. Um, Nancy. Brought art to us, which is also up on the gallery right now. And we could mention to Nancy, this is a good point to to congratulate Nancy as well. Because it turns out she ended up being the winner of the uh, big GRL blog tour giveaway. Uh, winning the tablet that was packed with all those books from the authors that we hosted over the 20 weeks of the GRL tour. Uh, plus the books from Wild City Press. So congratulations, Nancy. Congratulations. And thanks again to the authors who hosted, who we hosted, who put some ebooks into that tablet, as well as uh, the folks at Wild City Press who really helped to even further bulk up the amount of books that were on that tablet. So congrats, Nancy. Hope you enjoy that. It should be to you uh, shortly after this podcast comes out, actually. <laughs> um so all of that was really tremendous. I'm glad we I'm glad we did the GRL tour stuff and we got to be out there. It was kind of weird going back and forth between being author Jeff and podcaster Jeff, <laughs> going back and forth one to the other. So, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you that the unexpected moments I think were some of the the best uh, that were there. Um, but I also felt it was a it was a really good program this year. I'm I'm kind of jealous that you got to some of the panels that I did not mm-hmm. uh, was not able to get to. Yeah. So one of the things that we did while we were at uh, GRL was about an hour after uh, the event ended and the breakfast was over on Sunday, we sat down uh, with three of the four organizers, uh, Ethan Day, Reese Dante, and Carol Lynn. And really had a far-reaching conversation about GRL past, present, and future. So we can listen to that right now. So we're sitting here with Carol Lynn, Ethan Day, and Reese Dante. Uh, GRL 2016 has just wrapped up in Kansas City. And we wanted to sit down with the organizers to talk about GRL past, present, and future. Welcome, all of you. Thank you. Thank you. So let's start with the GRL origin story. Uh, it's been six years since the first one in uh, New Orleans. What was the genesis of GRL? Well, eight years ago, um, I invited readers from my Yahoo group and and authors um, to come to Kansas, to my hometown of Olathe, um, to get together for a weekend of just, you know, meeting each other. We've met each other online. So they came. I did my best at the time to to pay for all the food and um, people came to my house and I had I had guests in every available spot for like a week um, and then the next year I asked well shortly after that ended I called Ethan and I said it was so much fun how many people there was probably only 35 that's still a lot. Of yeah. That's yeah. still a lot for a single house. Yeah. And um, so I asked Ethan if he would be willing, because financially, you know, I couldn't do any more than that, but I wanted to meet more people. So I asked Ethan if he would be willing to go, with, you know, help me the next year so that I, we could invite more people. And he said, well, why don't we just ask other authors if they would be interested and helping us so that we could, you know, and that's how actually New Orleans came about. Mm-hmm. Um, was us basically, you know, you know, let's uh, have a barn party, you know, kind of thing, and yeah, um, in the French Quarter, and and we started emailing authors and ask, you know, and it was so funny because in the beginning they were like, um, you know, we don't, we don't know you. What if we? We had questions. What if you take off with our money? And we were like, 
Well, you know, we've been writing for, you know, I was yeah. three years at the time. Well, that was my first but, year, but yeah. But, you know, I mean, and they were slow, but then, you know, we had, what, 175 people yeah, we were in expecting New Orleans. 75 yeah. and had and, double that. Yeah, and, and it just really took, and then the next year, I think, you know, I mean, it doubled at least. Right. And yeah. they kept saying, um, we should go higher, like 400 and, and 500. And I'm like, no, no, not that high. <laughs> just because it, you know, becomes the bigger the party, the more work. And the more expensive. And the more expensive. And we have to sign our name to, you know, 200 rooms. Mm-hmm. basically and so if they don't sell you know so there's always a limit for me you are fucked <laughs> there's always a limit for me on how much I'm willing to sign my name to sure so I'm comfortable with like that four four hundred I could probably go to five hundred but I'm not gonna say that very loud <laughs> it's just it's recorded. it's recorded for all time now <laughs> you heard it here first <laughs> And that's a good segue into how do you, now that we're, you know, the event's been done for an hour, <laughs> how do you feel this year went? I think it's been gangbusters. Yeah. I've yeah. had more positive feedback than we have since New Orleans. Uh, so I think everyone's been really, really happy, at least that I've talked to. Maybe there's a angry segment over in a corner somewhere that decided not to share their feelings. <laughs> But uh, it's been really positive feedback from me, and I think... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It, overall, it's been positive. Usually it's like, oh, I really like this, but it would have been better if... Yeah. And I'm not hearing that this year. I'm hearing that, no, it's it's great. It felt great. Yeah. Everything was central. Um, I, I was able to talk to everybody I wanted to talk to. Um, it's usually... It's just been positive comments this year so far. You know, we've made changes like not having the swag room, so you never know what, what that's going to do when you get here, but... I don't think anyone's really missed yeah. it. And we always ask people to fill out the post-URL review or Survey. whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we really do look at that. Mm-hmm. And we try to balance, you know, um, what we could change and what is kind of already set in stone, you know, because we have to, you know, book in advance, so we have a certain amount of space allocated. Um, and we, we really do look at that and try to make changes, tweaks every year, you know, to to serve the people. Yeah, and we've been really lucky with hotels too, because that's part of our problem is we're signing contracts for hotels two years in advance and selecting our room based upon what's what happening think. then. Yeah. yeah. And they've been really good about letting us change that as we get closer and, and make changes according to yeah. what we've decided to keep and do away with. and. Mm-hmm. Making any changes to the program like we did this year with the no swag room and the author lounges and which seemed to go over really well. Yeah, I am really curious. After all these years, um, it's really been such a very small core group uh, running everything behind the scenes. Um, and uh, first of all, kudos. Um, I, I don't think uh, I, I would be capable of doing something like that. Why, why has it organizing committee stayed so small? Is it just because um, you're familiar and you have your own specific roles? or Yeah, or it's partially that. And I mean, you get to a point, too, where you've got too many chiefs and not enough Indians right. and everything mm-hmm. is chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we at least each kind of have our own tasks and then we come together for others and all pitch in and yeah. it's just worked out. Yeah, we definitely are all used to our, our own segment and then, you know, so we work on that all independently kind of and then there comes a point when we have to then Bring get it together. together. And, yeah, um, and, and it it helps that we're friends. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say there aren't <laughs> arguments on occasion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's always good when we're not trying to stab one another on the Sunday. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I find it easier, actually, um, with the smaller number. You know, once one time we had a larger number, and it's just, it was harder, I think. Mm. Um, we kept trying to refill it and refill it as people filtered in and out, and finally we were like, why are yeah. we making this more difficult yeah. than we have to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think honestly, this was one of the easiest GRLs as far as planning because we didn't make that many tweaks, as, and and we were used to doing 
doing you know our own jobs and um you know and, and for the most part we just trust each other to you know do what's best and that Get sort of done. thing yeah and yeah other than the occasional hiccup yeah um but that's the beauty of working with friends too because you know if ethan wasn't such a good friend and he had an argument you know that's one thing but the friendship always beats out any argument mm -hmm. And so you know that, you know, you can, you know, stress your opinion or whatever. And it's, you know. I hate you. I love you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but the nice thing is you can actually, you can be very honest. You can say, yeah. okay, I don't like this because of this. And you have the discussion and you hash it out. It's not just this is my opinion, this is my vote. No, you actually have a thorough discussion and you have the input from everyone because we're so connected in the sense that we're not, we're not embarrassed to voice our opinion. And we can have Skype conversations that are six hours long. Yeah. And we're exhausted, but we iron out a lot of things. And so when you finish that, it feels like you've actually completed and checked off a lot of things from the list. Mm -hmm. And it's nice when you can have that discussion and feel as if, okay, we're getting something accomplished. Yes, we have our heated discussions because we're all, we have strong opinions on certain things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be very diplomatic. <laughs> But um, it's nice to know that you can actually have the discussion and say, okay, let's agree to this. Um, and it's not always my way or the highway. It's, you know, let's have a discussion. Let's just determine what is the best for, uh, yeah. what's gonna work best for the attendees. How about we balance this? We do this here and do this here. And it's very difficult to feel comfortable in an environment where you feel you can do that and still uh, reach an end result and still have the same relationship that you have with the yeah. people that you're having a discussion with. Yeah. Yeah. The site visits help too. We actually get, when we're looking at a hotel for the year, the next year, um, we actually get a lot of work done while we're there that weekend for the, the upcoming year. Mm -hmm. So I, I think in Chicago, yeah. we had pretty much, we sat down in the yeah. whole lobby for like eight hours and we had Yes. the whole thing set by the time we were done. Now, of course, you're not only organizers, but each of you is also an attending author. Putting that hat on for a moment, what, were, what was your favorite moment or moments from GRL this year? Man, I mean, for me, the stuff like the changes to the author lounge, because we're constantly running from one room to the other, that's the time that it forces me to make sure I've got at least that 45-minute block of time where I'm going to be able to actually carry on a conversation more than smiling and waving at people as I run from one room to the other. Mm -hmm. uh, and the same thing with the book signing. You know, that's a three-hour block of time where I'm, I'm able to sit without having to put on that other hat and worry about what's going on over here, over there. Um, and we just kind of trust, even if we're all sitting in there, we've got Ron and Teresa and Brandy, we, we trust them that, to make sure that everything else is getting handled while we're doing that. Yeah, yeah, that helps. Now I will say the book signing is too long for my butt. <laughs> it, it's a stretch for me to t sit in one place like that for two hours, three. I, yeah, I actually packed up a little early yesterday. Um, yeah, but I enjoyed the author lounge as well, and I was kind of surprised. I didn't think I would because um, I'm, I'm kind of not shy. I don't. It's not that I don't like people. I love people, but too many and I get anxiety mm -hmm. you know I'm used to being at home in my sweats and this from the person who had 35 people over to her home <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but she that was would, at home in that her would sweats. freak me out <laughs> yeah actually I have pictures and I was I believe in my sweats so, yeah <laughs> I'm curious um, about we, we didn't get Reese's favorite oh, wait, moment yes it, it, it's pretty much piggybacking off of what Ethan said. I'm usually running around back and forth doing something and I'll see someone and be like, hi, how are you doing? Um, and I'll say, you know, pull me up, you know, just pull me aside. Don't, you know, don't, but people are embarrassed to do that or mm -hmm. shy to do that. But having the lounge and the signing is, it, it forces me to switch my brain and say, okay, this is, this is me time. This is, you know, for me to interact with people and talk to people. And it's nice to be able to do that, mm -hmm. especially when you meet so many people online and you never actually get to have that one-on-one -on -one interaction with them in yeah. person. So it's a nice break to be able to do that. And there was a lot less stress this year at the retreat. Mm -hmm. So it was usually, like last year when I attended, I was at the signing and I was constantly hyper aware of everything that was going on because I was like, is there a crisis in the corner or something? <laughs> and I was actually much more relaxed this year 
So that was nice. I actually had long conversations with readers that came up to me, and it it was it was just very nice, very nice. Now I do have to say that I get most of my talking in at the smoking section, <laughs> which honestly is the best place to have conversations with people. I you know meet people that you know they don't read my books, and you know I don't care. <laughs> you know right. what I mean. Um, but you can really have good conversations with them. And especially because, you know, you have to go out every hour, hour and a half. And so I'm not always running around. I'm out in the smoking section, you know, getting my chatting in. So that's the, that's the note for people who want to talk to Carol in <laughs> yes. the smoking section next year. Yeah. Actually, I think the first day someone said, we knew if we stayed here long enough, you'd show up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, what was yours? I'm curious about how you arrived at the specific uh, format of the event, meaning um, the the programming with the author lounges and, and everything that goes on throughout the weekend, and how that's changed from the first event in New Orleans to now. Well, I think because we're all authors, we can kind of look at everything, the organization of it and the planning of it through those eyes. And then we have, of course, Teresa, who's you know, a reader, and so she gives us that input from that reader point of view, so we get that as well. Um, but I think, you know, New Orleans, we were there on a wing and a prayer. I mean, we didn't know what we were doing, and it was fun, and everyone was so happy to be there that it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. we, everyone was just wanted to be there yeah. together to talk about what we all love to read and write. Um, well, and, and I think as authors, we all like to do different things. Like, he loves to do a reading, I want nothing to do with the reading, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I like a Q&A. Certain people love readings. They like to listen to them. They like to do them. Mm -hmm. Others do not. Um, so, yeah, we just try to... And, and panels are... The storyteller panels are good for people that are a little more shy, you know, that don't want to necessarily be the focus of attention. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a good fit for or all types of Or control freaks who want to... Have control over the content and who yeah. they're yeah. doing their panel with. <laughs> so looking on to next year, Denver 2017 was announced uh, on the first night, I guess, uh, of the event. Uh, how, how did we end up in Denver? It was actually one of three cities we were looking at. Yeah. Um, and that's typically how we have to do it. It's a little like throwing noodles at the wall to see what's going to stick. Um, but it's... I don't know, there's a lot of different things we have to look at, the size of the hotel, the amount of rooms the hotel has, the amount of meeting space that the hotel has. We require the price a lot that we can get of meeting for those space. Rooms. Mm -hmm. So, and, and the, believe it or not, it's not easy to find. Hmm. Um, and it, without going to a huge hotel, and that's the problem, we don't want, we like the happy medium, because we don't want a huge hotel, because then we feel like we're just, you know, one little fish, and, and our people get lost, and you know, we don't like that, um, but the meeting space is the first thing that we look at, um, and then the number of rooms, and then we will go out. This is before we ever request a proposal from the hotel, and then we'll actually go out and, you know, I'll go on Expedia and I'll say, you know, what is airfare from LA to Denver? What is it from New York to Denver? What is it from, you know, Miami? To try to get a feel for how much, because. For example, Seattle is really expensive to fly to from most parts of the country. So that's really prohibitive because we have to make sure that, you know, people can get there, you it's know, affordable. Either dirt cheap or really expensive. Right. There's no happy medium there for some reason. And um, so once we have, a you know, an idea of a city, you know, I'll send out a request for proposal. And I'm very upfront and I tell them exactly, you know, who we are, what we do you know they will maybe hear the word cock at some point and they cannot be offended by that because you know we need to be at ease and um and then they will come back with you know prices room prices and food and beverage minimums mm -hmm. and um the room prices is probably one of the top things you know once we get the request back that helps us decide um because we Anything over 150 a night, we know. Most of these people cannot, you know, can't justify that. And then the food and beverage has to be Manageable. within reason. Because the food and beverage minimum doesn't include 
the AV or the decorate, I mean, it's just food and beverage. Mm -hmm. And so when you have a $50,000 minimum that you have to spend on food and beverage, and then you have to, you know, realize, you know, it's always sticky whether or not, you know, you have um, the sponsorship support, you know, um, that determines what, you know, what kind of decorations you can do or whatever. So, um, yeah. And that, it also determines the registration price mm -hmm. because we have to take that food and beverage minimum and we have to divide that by how many people we think are going to come and that per person price it all gets added in and we have to make sure we cover all of that with the, yeah. the registration price. In the event we don't <coughs> get enough sponsors, we can still pull GRL off because we've covered at least those base costs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 2017 is already done and you talked about having to project two years ahead. So that means obviously you know where 2018 is and I guess now the challenge is you're already looking towards 2019. We're a little behind. <laughs> So we are, we've been talking There's about such 2018. There's you know, really in, in, in the industry right now. And I honestly, it's probably my fault. I've been very hesitant because I kind of want to see a little bit more where it's going because I don't want to say my name to these things unless I know that people will come, mm -hmm. you know. Um, that's the real fear for me, you know, to sign my name and, and then, oh, no. Something's happened and people are not coming and right. So, do you think it's more of a looking at that challenge? Is it more that the readers and authors may not come, or that the sponsorship isn't there Both. because there's so much flux in yeah. the publishing scheme right now? Both and 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 we've discussed, you know, maybe it might be something where at some point um, we'll have to do a what what I call a more laid back. You know, laid back GRL, scaled um, back. Okay, yeah. scaled back. And it is all tied together. I mean, the authors want their publishers there so that their publishers are selling their books, and they don't have to worry about bringing their books. And the readers, of course, want are coming to see the authors. So if the authors aren't here, you know, so it's all kind of tied together. Yeah. But you know, I mean, um, I I owned a small publishing house that folded this last year, so I so I I understand you know, that real concern for the publishers. And um, so, you know, I, I actually can see it from three different points of view. And, and so I get it. Um, it's just something that we don't know from year to year what's gonna happen. And so we always have to try to keep that in mind and, and make sure that at least our, our bases are covered. And then we, you know, there, there might, who knows, there might be a year that, you know, a party's not as, you know, extravagant or whatever. Um, but I also believe, truly, that even if we did hardly nothing, people would still come because it's that community they've fallen in love with and they're just, you know, it's like a, it's like a reunion. Mm -hmm. But you also have to keep in mind that, you know, they're, they're paying registration and so they, they need to feel that they're getting their, their money's worth. And so that's just a worry, constant worry. Mm that you know we're doing enough well obviously you know if we if we did a scale back then the registration price would wouldn't be as high so yeah. mm -hmm. you know that would be the trade-off yeah. as well but but we think we know where we're going in 218 we just haven't officially signed anything yet <laughs> yeah but I guess 2019 is just noodling around in the back of your head somewhere at this point yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you try when you're when you're looking at the cities do you try to well, we were in the middle of the country, so we need to swing west this time, and we need to swing east this we, time. And we we try, and you know, um, I know, it, bless them. I know people want it on the east coast, but we have checked everywhere. So it's many so cities. expensive there. It's so expensive, yeah. and and we can't find hotel rooms for less than one hundred and fifty. You know, I mean, they're usually at least two hundred or more. I think one hundred and eighty was the cheapest we yeah. found. And that's you something know. we did learn with San Diego. You know, everyone was really excited about San Diego as a location, but it was so far to the extreme on the West Coast that a lot of the East Coast people couldn't afford to come. Yeah. So we try to move it around, but yet still keep it as central as we can. And it's nice when it's, you know, the reason that I thought Kansas City was nice is because it's, it's very central. And so a yeah. lot of people drove this year that, you know, don't normally drive. 
Um, and so if you're not comfortable on a plane or whatever, you know, and it may take you a day, but you know, you can drive here. Yeah. How do you, how do you grow this event? You talked earlier about, you know, not wanting it to get too big because right. of the logistics and everything with that. But how does GRL put itself out there to like attract the new readers? Is it a word of mouth or? I think it's word of mouth. I, I do. Um, we had a lot of new readers, I think this year. And last year. Um, Moving it around yeah. helps. Yeah, because, and it's funny because a lot of times once someone comes, they want to come the next year, you know? Yeah, so, that's very true. You know, we had people within driving distance that came here and then they were like, oh, I've got to I'm go to so, Denver. I'm so going next year, you know? So, um, yeah, I do think moving it around helps a lot. Um, it would be easier for us, of course, if it was always in the same city, hmm. you know, at the same hotel because. Mm-hmm. We would know what to expect every time. And the hotel would be like, great to have you back. Yeah. Right, right. And we've had hotels who said, please come back next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Chicago hotel really wanted us back. Yeah. Yeah. And I still get Christmas gifts from them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. Christmas, Christmas brides. No. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> we'll never go back now. <laughs> this has been, uh, it's the sixth year, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I think there's just a natural assumption uh, from someone like myself, from the outside looking in, that you know, every year it's progressively going to have to be bigger and better. How, how do you, as organizers, fight the sort of the outside perception of that that sort of need to grow to the realities that you were just speaking of, yeah. like maybe having to scale back just a little bit or... Yeah. I, I don't feel that at all, actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's... And actually, and, and I don't know if we really advertised it, this year we didn't have a cap on general attendance. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's not to say that even if we decided to do a scaled back event, if we opened registration and we had a ton of registrations, we could always add to the programming. It, it doesn't yeah. have to, because we usually, it's usually what, May, April, May, before we even put a list of the events on the website. And then it's usually September before the actual scheduling goes up. Yeah. So yeah. it's not to say that, you know, we couldn't do this or that yeah. or change as we're going along. We do that all the time. But I, I, I don't, as a person, I mean, I don't feel the need to, you know, have a goal in mind and try to reach that mm-hmm. because I think it just comes about kind of organically and mm-hmm. uh, you know there's more years where we have more and years less because you know lives you know change and stuff uh, you, I think you guys have addressed this before GRL's not a money-making venture at all you just seek to break even yeah really each time does rollover if there is rollover does it just go to the next year yeah, I mean, you know, we have so many things, like, um, usually what we'll do at the end, um, you know, we have, well, we have to pay our um, Taxes lawyer, and because we're incorporated, and we have, you know, accountant that fees. that we have to put and, down for the next hotel. Ongoing website fees, because the website's Yeah, and guidebook, and, and, you know, yeah. website, so there's a lot of, you know, like, I guess, behind-the-scenes charges that we have to try to keep up with every year. After six years, what keeps you guys in this to keep going and you know taking the time away from your writing career and whatever else you may do alongside your writing career to keep doing this thing yeah. that takes up, I would guess, quite a lot of time as you build for the next year and, and looking all looking towards you know the two years out like you do. For me, it's for me by September. I tell myself every time. Okay, two more years and then I'm done. As soon as my contracts are done, I'm done. Because I'm just, I'm so tired before this event. And then October comes and and you see, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, it recharges me to see everyone so happy and laughing and hugging, especially, I love to sit in the, in the lobby, like on Wednesday, Thursday, and see people coming in and rushing to each other and hugging and, and that kind of fills my tank, you know. And so then by after GRL, I'm, you know, I'm good to go. Okay, I can do this another year, you know. <laughs> but that's, that's, yeah, for me. That's pretty much the same thing. I know, I know what it feels like to meet someone who I've interacted with on Facebook. And that's, 
the thing with this community is that seems to be the majority of how many of these people come together. So it's nice to have an event where you can actually meet. And the funny thing is you don't even know who they are because you're so used to seeing a little funny avatar or something. <laughs> and then when you finally see the name badge, that's when you get the reaction and it's, and it's, it's exciting, it's nice. And you were friends before, but then you really become friends after that because now it's personal. Mm -hmm. And that to me is what makes it worth it, seeing everyone smiling and so happy. And you see them exhausted the next day, dragging their feet and they're like, oh, but I'm so happy, I'm having so much fun. So it's what makes it worth it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and just, uh, you know, the fact that they appreciate having this thing where they can get together, they can be who they are, they can talk about what they love to read without having to look over their shoulder or wonder what someone's on the plane reading yeah. their book or, you know, it's just, it's that ease. It's almost like everyone has that sigh of relief that they're here and they can just let it all hang out. I think it's... Um, really wonderful over um, how in the last six years uh, you've built GRL into it's essentially the biggest uh, get-together conference in our specific genre has there ever been a point where you were specifically uh, hoping to open that up a little bit more to maybe uh, the lesbian fiction authors or the by yeah. queer, well, we or... you know, and we've uh, we had a couple, I think a couple of years ago, didn't we? Yeah, um, a couple of lesbian um, romance authors, and mm -hmm. and um, and we welcome them, but we ha but we do tell them up front, it's you know primarily, basically, you'll need to invite people and in, you know to get an audience because it just I guess because we have mostly gay and you know MM authors that's who comes we don't have you know um a big gathering i mean you know for the other quilt bag type stuff yeah it's also it also comes down to content you know i don't write or pu publish or read that so i don't know what sort of specific content to come up for those authors um so it, you know if we added a track like that they would really need to come in and be prepared to offer that content and you know hand it over to us and more than happy to add yeah. it in um, but I don't want to create content for authors whose work I'm not familiar with mm -hmm. and, and the genre itself and end up insulting an entire group of people because we didn't realize we were planning something that was it's so easy to offend these days it seems mm -hmm. like so um, you know, it would take some some work and some input from those authors that yeah. if they wanted to come in and join, they would have to yeah. put their. We don't want to take their money. Yeah. And then and have then them come here and not them. have there be no readers or any yeah. specific content for them. Yeah, that's I don't think that's fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'd be happy to be more inclusive and add that sort of thing. We just need help. As as organizers who uh, kind of oversee the, the entire weekend. Uh, is there something specific that uh, most readers gravitate to or that makes a, a specific author popular that might make them have a successful GRL? Or do you, th you think it's the, well, it could be any number of things. Yeah, yeah. it is a number of things. But I, I, I will tell you that, um, when authors come here, um, the ones that are outgoing and, and you know, and a lot of us are not exactly, but the ones yeah. that are are and and are anxious to meet new people and smile and they, you know, they. It's a great conference for those it's a types great of conference personalities. Those, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I always, you know, when people talk about that, like they can't, they're coming as an author, but they can't afford to buy swag, which I totally understand. Um, I tell them the best swag you can have is you, mm -hmm. you know, smile, talk, you know, get to, you know, get to different pockets, you know, and it's not even just selling your books. It's getting to know people because I think most people want to make that connection. Mm -hmm. And once they make that connection, they feel almost vested in that author. Yeah. And then that's when they become those loyal readers, you know, but that personal connection I think has to come really you know to me that's the best avenue for any author 
So um, that's way more important than chapstick. I will say that my first GRL, I was I was that person who was kind of you know up against the wall hiding. Um, I'd watch from a distance. People watch, and mm -hmm. it was just that fearful because I because I sensed the community feel, <clears throat> and I was new to it, and I was like not really a part of this kind of thing. And I slowly eased into it towards the ending of the retreat, and then I was like, okay, I'm having fun. The next time, I was a little bit more open, a little bit more comfortable. This year, I first day, I'm like, hi, how you doing? So great to see you. Even if I don't remember the names, because it's kind of it gets a little bit overwhelming when you meet so many people to remember all the names. And I mean, I, I remember like their avatars, and then when I see their faces, I don't necessarily remember their faces with the names, but I know I know who they are. And it's nice to have that certain comfort level then when you ease into things and you mm -hmm. see people, whether it's in the lobby or in the elevator or in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. It's just nice. It you know, it just takes that first step of, hi, how are you? I'm so and so. Or some, sometimes you don't even have to say I'm so and so. Just hold up your lanyard, and that's usually enough. Do you guys have anything that you want to throw out here as as we wrap up? No, other than you know, I mean, like always. You have to thank everybody that comes. Mm. Um, everyone is always so kind and welcoming to new people that have never been here. You know, I always tell people it takes five minutes of bravery to change mm -hmm. your entire weekend because it's not easy to go up to a group of people. And I get that because it's, you know, hard for me. But if you get that five minutes of bravery and you can approach a group, you know, and it, Honestly, because we're so welcoming with each other because we've all I think been in that position where we didn't feel welcome at some point or alone and so um, I think I think the attendees every year for welcoming the new people and um, Showing them that you know We'll accept everyone it really does take everyone coming and attending and Just supporting and Supporting the retreat and everything. I mean, you know, we won't have GRL if people don't come and attend and support the, the conference. So it, it does take the whole village to keep us going. It's pretty much piggybacking off what they said. It, we wouldn't be able to have the retreat without the authors, the sponsors, and the attendees. And it's always, it's, we appreciate them being here. We, work our butts off for 11 and a half months in the year to make sure that when they come here it's it's a good experience it's a positive experience and that everyone leaves with their face hurting because they're smiling so much that's what we hope for or regretting the fact that they have to leave yeah, yeah. <laughs> well we thank you so much for taking some time out especially just as the event closes out to talk to us and let the audience who hasn't perhaps hasn't been to a GRL know a little bit more and for those who were here to have a little you know, behind the scenes of how it all works. Well, thanks to you guys, too, and all the other bloggers who participated in the Future Blogger Program. I mean, it's all that attention and publicity leading up to to promote it and promote the authors who are coming and have paid extra to to come as featured yeah. and supporting authors. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Kudos. Very happy to do yeah. so. <laughs> Once again, we want to say thank you to Reese, Ethan, and Carol for taking a couple of moments <laughs> out of their afternoon to sit and talk to us about the GRL organization itself and where they've been and where they're going to be going in the future. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was a really um, fascinating interview. Personally, just getting to sit in the room with the three of them and talk about what it takes to put uh, together an event of this size is was, I found uh, it was fascinating. It was a lot of fun to talk through them. Yeah, I. It was interesting to hear you know the side of GRL that we really don't hear about mm -hmm. and how it gets put together. Yeah, and that there's really yes, there are volunteers, but there's three people who sit behind it. There's not like a producing company exactly back there. Yeah, um, to to do the logistics, it is them. Uh, so hopefully, uh, you know, people out there will find that interesting yeah. to. To get that background. Yeah, and we hope to see everyone, uh, or as many listeners as possible, in Denver. Hopefully all of our enthusiasm and rah-rah attitude these past couple of months has gotten you excited about GRL mm -hmm. next year. 
So another way they can get excited about GRL for next year and get a little bit more of a taste of GRL from this year uh, is with our bonus episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the course of the days, uh, I was running around with my camera and shooting individual authors, talking to them a little bit about GRL and what they were there and what they were excited about. And so on Sunday night, we dropped a bonus episode. It's video only, so it's only on the YouTube channel. Uh, so you can go over there and check it out. There'll be a uh, link in the show notes directly to it if you haven't been able to, if you haven't checked it out yet, because we did talk about it a little bit this past week, but mm-hmm. it did kind of just slip out there uh, with no other notice. Super secret. Super secret bonus. <laughs> uh, but it's interviews with a, uh, of more than a dozen authors. Uh, it takes about 20 minutes to listen to, and uh, we think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. I think that does it for the Halloween podcast anniversary GRL recap episode. <laughs> That's a whole lot to cover. I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> and, and maybe a cough drop or two. And a cough drop or two. That's for yeah. sure. So uh, we will see you back here for episode 57 next week. Thank you for listening to Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. New episodes are available every Monday at iTunes and other major podcast outlets. While there, subscribe to the show and please consider leaving a review. For detailed show notes, links, and to sign up for the monthly newsletter, visit BigGayFictionPodcast.com. Big Gay Fiction Podcast.